Well, folks, Shaw Jerry Adams are rich. August Morris gratis all the gumsa go well shibsha a leg go han moy. So, uh, Sinn Fein Ardesh, it's on uh, yesterday, that is Saturday. This podcast goes out on a Sunday, but I am recording it on a Friday. So how's that for confusion? But anyway, I'm looking forward to the Ardesh. It's the first time that we have met in person since the pandemic, so that's always always good to meet comrades, young and old, new and recycled. And I'm looking forward to hearing <coughs> the remarks of our leadership, of Michelle, of Daxon, of Connor, and particularly of an doctor on Mary Lou MacDonald uh, when she makes her keynote address. Also, we just got word that the election, which was definitely going to be on and so on and so on and so on, is now no longer on. And uh, that got me to thinking, you know, about lots of things, but you, you know I'm all the time giving off about the fact that we don't need anybody from London to rule us that we're well capable of doing that ourselves. And apart from that being our entitlement and being our right, uh, when you're electing your own government and you're electing your own politicians, you can't, if you wish, sack them, which, of course, we can't do with this shower in uh, London. But I thought I would give you just a wee sample of advice given that I'm giving out advice myself to British governments and the rest of it. But a wee bit of sort of random advice, personal advice I got over the uh, years. And and you, listener, may or may not benefit from this. So I'm minded of the late, great PJ McGrory, the human rights lawyer. PJ was my solicitor for decades. If you get arrested, he told me, say nothing, say nothing, ask for your solicitor, I'll be there. And then I minded on August uh, the 9th, 1971, Joe Cahill, his advice to me was, don't get arrested. My mother always used to say, the least said, the soonest mended. Read over her, a stickler for punctuality. Her constant advice was, always be on time. Maggie McCarter used to say, don't say a word about anyone else's children when you're rearing children of your own. Then Fonzie O'Morahu, and he translated this from the Gaelga, said one time, Beware the hoof of the horse, the horn of the bull, and the smile of the Englishman. Poor old Cleeky. Cleeky said to me on more than one occasion, Use your head, your feet's for dancing. Martin Ferris last year said to me, The main thing is, don't let the old man in. Jerry Bagley 
well-known local hurler and mentor and all-round good guy. Face the bloody puck out. And there's a lesson for life in that as well. Ted? Ted told me once, the potato is the most versatile vegetable. There are so many things you can do with it. Paul O'Dwyer, New York-based human rights lawyer, the late Paul O'Dwyer and proud Irish Republican. And when he told me this, I didn't fully understand the importance and the import and the priority of the advice he was giving me. But I now understand. Paul said to me one time, never miss the opportunity for a pea. And then Martin McGuinness, eons ago, said to me, put honey in your porridge. And he was right. And I've never looked back. So there you go. Maybe as these things strike me, I might give you another sample of this advice that has been pointed in my direction over the years. But for now, I want to deal with a big, very, very serious issue of climate change. And this weekend, the United Nations Climate Change Conference, COP27, the Conference of the Parties, will begin in Egypt. And it will be the 27th UN Climate Change Conference and will last for 12 days. And it comes at a critical juncture in the efforts to tackle climate change and follows the publication of three keynote reports by the United Nations warning that we're on the cusp of climatic changes from which there is little prospect of recovery. Last week I wrote about the drought and the famine conditions and the famine itself devastating millions of lives in Somalia and East Africa. And the images from that region are frightening. This is the fifth year there has been no rainy season and the experts are predicting that next year's rainy season, due to begin in March, will fail also. Now that means, listeners, that an estimated 22 million people are at risk of dying from hunger in Somalia, Ethiopia and Kenya as crops fail once again. There are many factors responsible for this human catastrophe, political, regional, economic, societal and financial. But the greatest is climate change and the failure of the industrialized states to take the steps necessary to reduce the damage being done by the climate emergency. This year, heat waves in Europe broke temperature records and caused widespread damage. Over 50,000 Europeans died from heat stress Thousands were forced to evacuate their homes and food production was adversely impacted. Spain alone estimated that there were almost 4,000 deaths directly as a result of the heat wave. And it's generally accepted while there have been heat waves in Europe before climate change, they are increasing in their frequency and in their intensity. There have also been devastating floods in Pakistan, which have left millions homeless, heat waves in India and Pakistan, a heat wave and a drought in China, 
excessive high temperatures in the USA with wildfires causing huge damage, a heat wave in the Middle East, floods in Sudan and South Sudan, and the bushfire season in Australia now lasts a month longer. And in June, Bangladesh faced its worst floods in over 100 years. Most of those who face the human cost of climate change are in regions of the world that have in reality contributed least to it. It's the behaviour of the industrialised nations that are contributing most, and it's their refusal to honour commitments made at previous climate change conferences that now place our our planet in peril. The G20 industrialised nations are responsible for 80% of greenhouse gas emissions. The three United Nations reports published in recent weeks underline this reality. The UN's climate scientists, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, have said that should temperatures rise to 1.7 centigrade or 1.8, that half the world's population could be exposed to life-threatening heat and humidity. The danger of a world facing extreme weather conditions, rising sea levels, and as the UN concluded itself, the real probability of endless suffering is now a reality. It's also important to note that as millions face food insecurity and millions more are confronted by a cost of living crisis, the global oil and gas multinationals are raking in the profits. Last week, Shell reported its second highest quarterly profit on record. It made $9.5 billion in profit between July and September. Total energies made almost $10 billion and profit in the same period. The oil and gas sector is expected to amass $4 trillion this year. Now that would be enough to end climate emergency if used and invested properly. But oil and gas multinationals are unlikely to do what's right to save the planet and to save millions of lives. The onus is on all of us as individuals and on political activists to act speedily to increase pressure on governments and multinationals to act responsibly responsibly and compassionately. COP27 needs to produce an emergency series of measures that will more quickly wind down fossil fuel use, invest in green energy and new technology, and reduce harmful emissions. Governments also need to introduce a meaningful windfall tax that raises the resources needed to make a difference. In Britain, the Shell Company has successfully avoided a windfall tax this year by claiming that its investments in that economy mean it has made no profit and consequently has no windfall tax to play. This should not be allowed in any state. The the UN General Secretary pulled no punches in urging governments to attend COP27 and to honour commitments already made. He said, there has been a tendency to put climate change on the back burner. If we're not able to reverse the present trend, we will be doomed. The people of Somalia and East Africa and the estimated 3 
145 million people around the world who are going hungry today are already doomed unless we act to save them. The successful election in Brazil of former President Lula has raised hopes that the huge damage being done to the Amazon rainforest and the threat to the indigenous people in that region will now end. That election was a fraud affair and the strength of both candidates will test the Brazilian democracy in the time ahead. I wish the people of Brazil and President Lula well. So Chennai, not a very cheerful conclusion to today's podcast, but that's the reality. And if we're not alert to it, then we will not do anything about it. And we need to do something about it. So I thought that I would give Christy Moore, the great Christy Moore, the last word here. And we go out with him singing. As the world around us fades away Reason falls on deaf ears And the truth dissolves and disappears As the clock winds down Morning signs years ago We did not want to know All-consuming selfish ways there's a price to pay as the clock winds down. The ice caps melt, the Amazon burns to the point of no return. The grid goes down, screens go blank. We'll be walking down the plank as the clock winds down. children take to the streets when they hear Greta Thunberg speak I watch the young warriors climb down from the trees chain themselves to machinery as the clock winds When the child looks up and says Hey old man, what did you do? We were depending on you Now the clock winds down Now the clock winds down Now the clock winds down